If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If your skin doesn't know whether to break out or wrinkle, if you're caught between planning the third grade class party and researching retirement plans, or if you want to work out but the idea of CrossFit makes your 40-something knees ache, you've come to the right place. Welcome to This Unmillennial Life. I'm your host, Reggie Jones, and welcome to today's show. I am happy that I was able to bring you another new episode here on a Monday. I feel like we're getting into a little bit of a routine, which is a scary thought if you think about how much things have changed, how much is still going on in our country and across the world. And to feel like this is, I say it in air quotes, becoming the new normal which is a term I know many of you are not that fond of, is almost to me a little bit unsettling. But I know that we are all coping in the best way that we can. And these opportunities to recapture some of how things were before feels a little bit reassuring. So today's episode is all about a topic that I have covered, as you know, multiple times here on the podcast. And for good reason, it's such an important part of our health and wellness, how well we sleep. And specifically in today's episode, how well we sleep and how that influences our recovery, recovery from things like exercise, but just the day-to-day stress of life. And that is something that I think we all have a heightened awareness of at this moment. Keeping in mind, much like the previous few episodes that I've released, this episode was recorded prior to any shelter in place, any signs of the current pandemic. So if the conversation around sleep recovery devices and tools seems a little bit out of sync with what you may be spending your budget on in this moment, just know that this was recorded at a different day and time. But we all know that life is going to change and evolve and with any luck, feel even better than it did before. That is certainly my hope. So keeping that in mind, let me introduce today's guest. If you've listened to almost any season of the podcast, you have met Chris before. Today's guest is Dr. Chris Moore. Chris is a fellow registered dietitian, but he also holds a PhD in exercise physiology from the University of Pittsburgh. Chris has such an impressive resume, including being a spokesperson and consultant to clients like Under Armour, Reebok, Johnson & Johnson, Gatorade, and others. He also was a sports nutritionist for the Cincinnati Bengals and the University of Massachusetts athletic program. He's been invited to speak at the White House, the CIA, and to audiences across the globe. Beyond that, he's just a super nice guy, as is his wife, Kara. If you missed the sleep episode I did with Kara, it was the second sleep episode here on the podcast. Be sure to go back and listen to that one. I will, of course, place a link to that episode here in the show notes. And with that, I welcome Chris to the show. 
Reagan, it is great to be here. Always love hanging out with you. It's always good to have either you or your wife on the show. Listeners of the podcast who've been around for for a while will recognize that you've joined me for a few different episodes, and then Kara joined me for the second sleep episode. So here we are today for the third sleep episode, specifically talking about sleep recovery. You have just finished up working on an article for Men's Health about sleep recovery, different devices, and things to help with sleep recovery. Um, Explain, what does that mean when I say like the term sleep recovery? What are we really talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Sleep is certainly a hot topic, which is why you're on your uh, third podcast about it already, and I'm sure more to come. Uh, But like you mentioned, Men's Health tasked me with testing out a whole bunch of products that are geared to help us recover. And when we think about recovery, sleep is really what we need for optimal recovery. Um, And recovery means basically recharging and regenerating everything that you you, just from your long day, from exercise, all of that. And because of the because of the interest in sleep, because of the research continuing to mound about sleep, lots of products are now being sold that are geared towards or marketed to help you or improve the quality and the depth and the length, the quantity, quality, everything around sleep. So I had the opportunity to test a whole bunch of the popular ones and then to see if they helped me, um, which was kind of a fun little uh, science experiment uh, of an N of one, but still a fun little experiment that I went through um, for, uh, for the magazine. Yeah, I've seen some of the things that you got to test out, and I'm going to have to say, I don't, I'm not, um, not a, <laughs> I guess it is a hard job. Somebody's got to do it, but <laughs> it looked like a lot of fun and a lot of cool stuff. So let's talk about what's what's maybe just cool to look at and what actually worked really well. I have a list of some things that I think that you got to try out first on the list being trackers. What kind of trackers did you try out? What did you find? Yeah, so um, the, first, the first couple trackers that I tried out, one um, was something called an aura ring, um, which um, basically is looks like a wedding band. And I actually do currently wear it as my wedding band. Um, so what it does is it measures a variety of factors. Um, one, it looks at the, 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 quanti- the quality of your sleep and the quantity of your sleep. And I'll kind of get into a little bit around the trackers in a second, but just kind of giving you the basics around what this device tests. Um, it also measures heart rate. It measures um, activity as well, which nothing to do with sleep per se. But in terms of sleep, it looks at quality, quantity, um, and, and heart rate, which plays a, plays a role in that as well. Um, so that was the first thing. And, and to be honest, one of the ones I was most excited to test because I had some friends who, had, who have one and have used it and talked about it. Um, so that was great. I got to test that out, use it, um, and see what, see what happened. So what I found with the Aura Ring, um, and again, just looks like a simple wedding band, is that one, it's obviously very comfortable. You don't even notice that it's there. So from a practicality standpoint, it kind of was number one on my my list for that perspective. Um, What's interesting about it is it starts to look at your different levels of sleep. So there's four different stages of sleep, and this starts to get into talking about your deep sleep and your REM sleep. Um, and looking at the various quality qualities of your sleep, um, and then combining that information, and I'm, I'm assuming they detect that through how you're moving through the night, and also they look at your heart rate, and that plays a role in sleep quality. 
Um, they then give you what's called a readiness score. Now, admittedly, a readiness score isn't something that's really scientifically validated. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, it was still interesting to me to see how the ring rated me. Um, and not necessarily like day by day, or I should say night by night, how I was rated, but then overall looking at the trends to see if there was something that I did that then led itself to maybe me having a lower readiness score. Mm -hmm. So for example, if, if I was out with friends or out and I had a couple drinks um, of alcohol, then that seems to correlate to a readiness score and maybe not as high of a quality of sleep because we know alcohol mm -hmm. too close to bed can have a negative impact on your sleep itself. Um, so what was interesting to me was starting to put some pieces together and see if there were things I was doing that was then correlating to what the ring, the feedback the ring was giving me. Mm -hmm. um, now, I will add that all of these trackers, and I'll talk about another one I tested as well, but each of these trackers are seem to be okay from a validation standpoint. Um, and talking with some various sleep researchers for this particular project, they all seemed to agree that while these, any of these trackers are in, interesting and somewhat useful in terms of the data, they're certainly not a precise science. Um, and really the only true way to measure the depth and the quality of your sleep and your stages of sleep is to actually go to a true sleep lab um, with someone who's, who's measuring you know, the different brainwave activity and so on, whereas each of these devices, whether it's the ring or watches, um, they now have mattresses that can tell you your, or can at least estimate your quality and quantity. Wow. They're all just estimates at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So what the sleep researcher said to me is look at them as, use them for, look at the general trends mm -hmm. of your data not getting night by night, like if it says my REM sleep was X minutes, that means it was exactly X minutes because there are a bunch of variables that these tools aren't quite as precise as they need to be at this point in time. Okay, very interesting. So maybe being able to connect the dots with some of the lifestyle things that you have going on and how that's impacting your sleep, but definitely not necessarily a definitive diagnosis of anything. So what else did you try Correct. out? Are there other trackers or are there other things that you tried out that um, that we need to know about? Yeah, there, there are many other trackers. The one other one that I tried out um, was a Garmin watch. Okay. Um, and there's a variety of different levels of Garmin watches. Is the one I had um, that, that I was very fortunate that was sent to me um, was also supposed to detect sleep activity, similar to the ring. Now, what I found interesting, one, um, I do like the watch for, um, for a lot of its features, but it's pretty big and bulky. Mm -hmm. So for me to, from a practicality standpoint, for me to sleep with it, it was uncomfortable. Gotcha. Um, now, now, from a um, validation standpoint, just very simply looking at if I wore the ring and the watch together, I, I was curious, do they compare? Do they match up? Um, and interestingly, they didn't always match up in yeah. terms of the data that they provided. Um, so again, that comes back to what I just said of these may be okay tools in the toolbox, but they're certainly not the be all and end all diagnoses that I'm not sleeping or, or I am sleeping and why or why not. Um, so 
great tools in the toolbox. To be honest, I think the ring, from from my perspective, the ring is a little bit just much more practical, mm-hmm. um, a lot less a lot less expensive than the watch that that I was fortunately sent. Um, there are other inexpensive um, trackers. The Whoop Band is one, and the Fitbit is another. And I mean, there's a variety of them. But again, I come back to what the sleep researcher said: use them as a tool, not something to live and die by. Gotcha. Okay. What else? I had on the list PJs. There are PJs that yeah. are geared towards recovery. I got to know more about that. Yeah. <laughs> there are pajamas that are supposed to help you recover. Okay. And the particular brand that, that I tried out was uh, Under Armour, mm-hmm. has a brand of, or excuse me, a line of recovery pajamas um, that. You know, even the likes of Tom Brady. Wow. <laughs> right. Well, so everybody I'm sit up sure and take note then. <laughs> totally right. He probably would not be as good as he is if he did not wear <laughs> sure. these pajamas. It's <laughs> all about the pajamas. Um, <laughs> so, you know, with these, I'll say that, you know, the, the, what they cite um, is, is not necessarily research supported, but mm-hmm. they talk about um, that the pajama had pajamas have, um, a mineral in them. I think it's oh. silver to be, uh, I think it's silver that they talk about that helps, um, helps your body recover, helps, um, you cool your body when you're sleeping. Um, so from that perspective, they were comfortable, like super, super comfortable. I was absolutely not, um, blown away by the quality of the depth of my sleep when I did wear those versus not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, they're comfortable. I didn't notice any, uh, recovery benefit. And they also, they have them for men, they have them for women. Um, So yes, comfortable. I didn't notice a recovery improvement by any means. Did you notice, and I know this is what many people listening to this podcast are thinking, did you notice a cooling effect? Because that is what I hear people want, especially women, want the most is to be cool Um, at night. Not necessarily. Okay. Um, So not, I mean, it is a pretty light fabric. So from that perspective, compared to what you, what other uh, pajama you might wear. Right. It was a very light fabric. Kara has them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds them comfortable, but not not magically cooling, which I know certainly many people might uh, might be wanting. Um, you know, especially during you know me- menopause, perimenopause, right. etc. When that technology gets to where it needs to be, I'm I'm one of the first testers on that. I love that. All right. And speaking of temperature, <laughs> speaking of temperature, I know that then, and that's something that both you and Kara seriously have talked about with me, talked about here on the show, the importance of a cool temperature when you're sleeping. What did you try out that helped with that process? Yeah, hundred percent. So that that's really important. And they, they kind of say the optimal sleeping temperature, just to kind of put things into perspective, is about... 62 to 68 degrees mm. and now that, that that's pretty chilly mm-hmm. um, when you think about it, you think about setting your thermostat that low and cooling an entire house for one little bedroom mm-hmm. um, so this is a product that I will absolutely say is fantastic and I highly recommend Ooh. and it is a, a product it is called the um, the the company is called Uller. Okay. Uh, o O L E R is the is the product. Okay. Um, and it's actually it's a it's so it's a chill pad essentially. And if you search for a chill pad or Uller system online, basically what it is, um, it is a it is a uh, a I don't even know what to call it. It's not a it's like a cover over your mattress that is pretty thin and goes on top of your mattress and beneath or between your fitted sheet and your mattress. And then there are 
little like almost tanks that go underneath your bed with water and it puts water through that little pad. So it's not like a water bed at all. It's a very thin mattress mm -hmm. and you can feel, if you feel it, you can almost feel like, like it's veins for lack of a better term where the water goes through. Mm -hmm. um, but you can set the system to go down to 55 degrees all the way up to 110 degrees. Wow. So it's either cool. Yeah. So it's cooling or warming, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Let me ask and you a question about the this, pad though while yeah. I'm thinking about it. Is yeah. it so it's I'm going to assume you if you say if you have a king size bed and you have two people in it, then you would have to either get two singles or one king and you would both be on the same temperature. Right. I mean, I'm thinking I'm, I'm just being honest here. I'm thinking I love it. Super, super cold. My husband loves it actually really, really warm. And we struggle with this already. Yeah. How would that work? Yeah, this is probably the number one thing I hear from Anytime I give a talk and there happen to be couples in the audience, because um, for some reason, I, I, like in the vows of marriage, that the temperature of when you sleep is never agreed upon. Um, so you can actually um, control them independently. So each side, oh, and I yeah. don't quote me on this. You need to look online. I think, okay. I know they make independent controller ones, and that's the one we have, the Uller system. Mm -hmm. um, so each person, you could be a 55 and your husband could be at 110 if he wants. Perfect. Um, so they are independently controlled. And do you know what the general price point on this specifically is? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I know they have it for different bed sizes, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not inexpensive. So I think for a queen or king, I think it's around the like 1200 1600-ish okay. mark. Um, don't quote me on that exact that price, but... Okay. Keep in mind, and, and it, you know, you might like that might sound like sticker shock to some people. Mm -hmm. But what I often remind people of, um, and I know you know, budgeting is a, you know different for everybody. We spend about a third of our lives in our bed. Yeah. Right. So when we think about from that perspective, you'll spend way, way more on a car, for example, mm -hmm. than you know, fifteen hundred or so, which you spend very little time in. Um, but one of the most important things we can do for ourselves, for our health, for our life, for our energy, everything is is sleep and focus on a quality of sleep. Um, so from that perspective, I, I think this out of everything I tried, this to me was one that I would um, that I would absolutely like stand behind and give a stamp of approval to. Okay, so that's got temperature. What about other things that have to do with light, noise, just your general sleeping environment? Yeah, so a number of different things that, that are available, certainly for, for light, um, because we do want the room to be as dark as pretty much possible. Um, there's a, a very famous sleep researcher who says, essentially, your bedroom should be like a cave, cold and dark. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times people prefer using sleep masks, um, which can, of course, block out all the light. I personally don't like them because they're uncomfortable um, for me, but I know a lot of people do prefer them versus room darkening shades and all that other stuff. Um, one company did send us a, a, a weighted sleep mask, actually. Mm. Um, it's actually, the, they because similar to the gravity blanket, which mm -hmm. we've talked about the weighted blankets, mm -hmm. um, they actually have a, it's, it's the same company has a weighted mask now. Um, and it, it's only about a pound. So when you think about that, that might sound strange to some people. It's very, very, I guess, light in the grand scheme of things, but it's also just across your eyes. Um, I, I, I like the concept of that. To me, though, the challenge was 
I don't sleep on my back. So if I don't sleep on my back and I sleep anywhere else, it's, it's probably not going to stay on my head. And it didn't. Um, so from a mass perspective, there are different ones out there that are that are more comfortable. I didn't love this particular product, but I think whatever you can do to make your room as dark as possible, um, if it's room darkening shades or if it's if it's a mask, um, definitely try to take advantage of, of, you know, of that, whatever that means for you. Yeah, I'm a mask girl. I don't know that I could do the weighted one if it does not like fasten to your head. I definitely couldn't because I tend to sleep. I tend to move and go to my to my front to my face. I actually sleep with half of right. my face on the pillow. Um, but I am always mm -hmm. a mask girl. Okay, Chris, this yeah. is a great rundown of everything that you tried out. Is there anything else on sleep, sleep recovery, the work that you and Kara are doing in the sleep space that we need to be aware of? Yeah, you know, I, th I think what we just need to start to focus on is is everything we can control. I mean, some of the recovery products that I talked about are are interesting and useful. I, like I said, I do re recommend that chill pad and so on. But at the end of the day, there are even some bigger picture items that we can start to look at, and that is, um, you know, what do we, what does our sleep ritual look like before bedtime? Nothing to do with a particular product, but. You know, what are we doing to wind down? What does the technology look like before bed? Are we drinking alcohol, um, caffeine? There's so many aspects around sleep that I think we need to focus on. Again, the recovery products are unique and some may have some merit, but at the end of the day, there's so many things we control. We can control without even going and buying a single item. Uh, so kind of keep that in mind. Again, if you're at the place where you are doing everything humanly possible and really trying to make sleep the biggest priority because you know how important it is, then maybe some of these are worthwhile considering. Such good tips and such good information as you always have for us. Chris, before you go, let people know how they can find you online. For sure. Yeah. Our website is more, M-O-H-R, results, R-E-S-U-L-T-S. Um, and have lots of information on there, sometimes about sleep, nutrition, exercise, all of the above. All right, good. So thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Reagan. Okay, that wraps up my interview with Chris. One thing that Chris and I did not talk about in that episode, because frankly, it was not something that we were talking about at the time, is our mutual interest in sourdough baking. So I mentioned this in last week's episode, that during this time of self-isolation and quarantine and sheltering in place, that I, along with what feels like millions of Americans, have begun sourdough baking. Chris has been an off-and-on sourdough baker for a while. He is, like me, someone who truly does love to experiment and bake. And we currently have a group, along with Sally, of Real Mom Nutrition, who I know you've heard here on the show, sharing almost on a daily basis what our sourdough starter looks like and what it is doing. I mention all that to say this to you. If you at all are interested in this time of self-quarantine, self-isolation, sheltering in place, however you want to refer to it, if you are at all interested in experimenting or exploring sourdough starters or sourdough baking, please let me know. I am new to this whole area, but I am enjoying learning what works, what doesn't work. I have essentially here at my home feel like I have closely mastered doing a one pound sourdough sandwich loaf. I find that for my family, while it is a little less beautiful than 
the more traditional artisanal sourdough breads like you think of in San Francisco. My family loves it. That is a recipe that I will be putting together very soon to get up on the This Unmillennial Life recipe section. So if you are not currently subscribed to get notifications from the website, let me invite you to do so. You can do that at thisunmillennialife.com slash subscribe. If you're a podcast listener, but not a website subscriber, there's a whole world of food happening on that website that you may never know about because I don't always come here to the podcast to talk about those recipes. But recipe development is what I have been doing for 20 years of my career. And it's something I continue to do up on the website right now on a weekly basis. So again, that's thisunmillennialife.com slash subscribe. Or if you simply want to have more conversations about sourdough starter, you're curious about it, why it's gotten to be such a big deal in these times of home quarantine, or you're trying one yourself and want to troubleshoot, I am no expert, but I love talking about it and I'm happy to help. So you can, of course, reach out to me across social media at Reagan Jones RDN on Instagram and on Facebook at Reagan Jones RD on Twitter, or one of the best places to have a good conversation is via the This Unmillennial Life Facebook group. That group is at facebook.com slash groups slash This Unmillennial Life. Okay, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, but hang around to the end where I'll come back with today's odds and end ending of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Life Extension. One of the more common questions I get asked is, Reagan, which supplements do you take on a regular basis? And while there are certain supplements that move in and out of my life, there's one that's been taking up permanent residence for quite a while, and that supplement is vitamin D. I became aware of the importance of vitamin D years ago when I learned that half of the population has a vitamin D insufficiency. And while we know that your skin can produce vitamin D, Typically, that production alone isn't enough, or at least it wasn't for me. Through Life Extension's personalized lab testing, I found that my vitamin D was low, and now I take their 125 microgram, 5,000 IU soft gel daily. If you'd like to learn more about vitamin D, what I take, and why I take it, head over to my blog at thisunmillenniallife.com to read more or visit lifeextension.com slash Reagan to purchase and receive $5 off, $50 or more, plus free shipping. Welcome back. Now, in the spirit of all things that I really love to talk about that have nothing to do with health and wellness, I'm going to talk about hair for a moment. I have gotten so many comments on Instagram from people who are watching my Instagram stories about my hair recently. And that is because I have given up the fight to straighten my hair and blow dry it every day during this time of being at home. I adore my hairbrush hairdryer. You've heard me talk about it here on the show. I've shared it all across social media. And in air quotes, normal times, I prefer to walk around on a daily basis with a good blowout of my hair. But the truth be told, my hair is extremely naturally curly. It has been my whole life. And I have fought with it over the years and in recent years become really unhappy with the way it looks when I try to let it air dry Curly, I happened to catch an Insta Stories segment 
with my friend Alexis from Hummus Sapien. She is a fellow food blogger. She's a millennial. She's an amazing woman who has done a wonderful job of growing not only her online business as a food blogger, but brick and mortar restaurants throughout the Columbus area. And as a side note, recently got married in her home with just her and her husband after having to cancel her wedding based on the current situation. Anyway, I follow Alexis pretty closely. I like a lot of the food that she shares, and she's just a pretty cool gal. And she has naturally curly hair herself. And I had thought, wow, she's wearing it, and I think it looks so good. But mine would never do that. It would be curly maybe at the root in some areas and then be stringy at the ends. And I just frankly had given up. And what I saw Alexis talk about is the fact that the way she gets her hair to have beautiful curl, and this is the big change here, is that she does not brush it when it's wet. So if you think about when you get out of the shower, typically, I would assume most people are like me, you get out of the shower, you maybe towel dry it a little bit or maybe not, and then you brush it or comb it through. I have always done that. She said that the key to being able to keep or obtain really that all over curl and general volume and not get those weird stringy areas and flat areas versus some curly areas is to just simply not brush it. I was skeptical at first, but I've done that all week. And I got to tell you, she was right. I will probably always prefer my hair to be blown out and straighter if I'm going somewhere But the ease with which my day is beginning now based on her recommendation is a big deal. Alexis, if you are listening, I will tell you it's been a game changer and something that frankly, after this whole period ends and we are able to come and go as we please much more freely, I will probably be wearing my hair curly more often. One, it's a heck of a lot easier. And two, so many of you seem to like it. And I really appreciate that. You never get too old to hear a good compliment and for someone to reassure you that they think that what you're doing with your hair looks good. So if you've reached out to me to tell me you like my hair curly on Instagram stories, I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. As I've told many people who've mentioned it to me, I don't love it this way, but I love how easy it is. And side note, those grays that have come in in full force, because I'm well past the time I would normally be getting my roots colored, seem to be a little less noticeable when there's a lot of curl happening there at the root. So that is another bonus that I'm sure Alexis does not have to worry about since, as I said, she is a millennial. She's younger than me, but those days are coming for all of us and whether you choose to color or not, knowing that a little bit of curl right there at the root seems to camouflage it is a helpful tip for the day. So I hope you find that helpful if you are a curly girl like I am. I would love to hear from you. And if you have beauty tips that you are finding helpful throughout this self-quarantine, let me hear those. I would love to share those with the audience. There was a wonderful tip that was shared in the This A Millennial Life podcast Facebook group about taking off artificial nails. That was offered up by my friend Andrea, who lives out in California. I'm hoping to have Andrea share some of those here for you in an upcoming episode. But if you have tips to share, drop them in the Facebook group. 
facebook.com slash groups slash this unmillennial life or email them to me and I'll share them here on the show. Reagan at this You can always leave me a voicemail this slash contact and then I will leave you with this other good tip that I shared with my friend Casey yesterday who ironically was talking about what to do about coloring her hair and that again is something that popped up in the Facebook group the recommendation to actually talk to your stylist and see if there is a way to get him or her to mix up some of your root color if root color is your issue. I know for some people, highlighting is a much different beast. But if root color is your issue, a couple of different people in the Facebook group have said that they were able to talk to their stylist and their stylist was willing to meet them and give them of course, contact-free, social distancing approved, a batch of their color to bridge the gap and put that color on their roots during this time. For me, I'm just letting it ride right now. I'm going to tackle that beast when the time comes. But if it is something that you are concerned with or wanting to spend your time touching up those roots, that is perhaps an option for you if you are not interested in going the boxed color route. If you've gone the boxed color route and you had a good experience or you haven't, again, I'd love to hear those tips. Reach out to me. Let me hear your voice. And with that, I'll wrap it up for today. And as always, send you a big thank you for listening, subscribing, and downloading. Now is a great time to share with a friend how much you enjoy this A Millennial Life podcast. I know daily walks have been something I have gotten to enjoy much more now in this time of being at home, and your friends probably are as well. Let them know what they can tune into on the podcast app, and please make this a millennial life one of those recommendations. All right, I'll be back soon with another new episode. You take care.